Welcome to the SUMC podcast, where I hope to encourage you towards life and church revitalization, and I'm your unofficial source for revitalization within the local UMC. This is because I serve within the UMC and have seen an across-the-board issue of discipleship and seek to use my knowledge that I have, more importantly, what I'm learning on my own journey, with those of you who may have been struggling for years or are perhaps just starting out, might have some ideas or don't know what to do, and are seeking some support. So let's walk this journey together. Last time in episode 9, we talked about connection and how vital it is to connect with people and follow up with something. An event in the community, at the church, small group invitation, coffee or meal invitation, or sermon series invitation. Today, I'll be talking about Bible study as an essential part of a discipleship plan. And again, I'll be talking about these, quote, ingredients, and then I'll talk about putting them together in an actual process and plan with some examples in an episode later on. As a reminder, connection happens at any point in your discipleship process. Connection also means an invitation to the next thing, whether it be continued conversation, as I've alluded to, but more importantly and more especially, the next event or sermon series coming up. Connection also involves connecting with God and His Word. Our discipleship processes don't work, don't even have a point really, unless there's some kind of engagement with the Word of God. So if you're in a UMC and you don't have a Bible study, I don't think you'd be able to have a true discipleship process, because how can we practically be disciples of Jesus Christ if we're not reading His Word? It just doesn't make sense. So, a number of things to think about. Six things. Most people want to know more in your church, but find the Bible difficult to absorb. I think most people want to know more, but find the Bible difficult to understand. Again, most people want to know more, but find the Bible to be too off-putting. Most people want to know more, but are trying to understand the Bible with, quote, modern eyes. So what do you do? I use the inductive Bible process, and I boil it all down to the basic three elements. Observe the passage as many times as you can in one sitting, maybe the whole book. Write down questions, you know, the who, what, why, where, when, and how. And then the second step is interpret. Begin to look at what you've read and begin to interpret it based on other books of the Bible, other verses or words within the text itself, like if you're reading the Gospel of Luke and you've read Luke many times in one sitting, scanned it many times, wrote down a lot of questions, then you begin to try to answer those questions. That's interpretation. That's the next step. But all this doesn't do any good unless there's application. So how are you going to apply what you've learned in your life? Those three questions ask every single time you have a Bible study. Just choose a book and do those things. Just spend an hour with one another and do it right then and there. Spend 15 minutes just scanning the book, asking questions, and then answering those questions, and then try to apply it to your life and do that every week. Maybe go verse by verse. Take the first verse. What does this mean? And then try to apply it to your life if there's any application. It doesn't have to be complex. Just get started. Another great resource is U- Uversion or Bible.com. 
There are so many great plans on there. You can search by topic and a mess of things will come up. And you can do those things online. You can participate in those Bible studies with one another online. Or you can utilize it uh, as you're uh, together in one place. So I think most people want to know more. Uh, but There's a lot of things that can get in the way. The biggest thing is just to encourage one another to covenant together at a specific time, at a specific day of each week, at a specific place, and just start journeying together. It's okay not to know everything. Just get started and rely on the Holy Spirit, and I promise you, cool and great things will happen. Which leads me to number two, find a great resource that fits your context, use it, and encourage others to use it with people they know outside of the group. In other words, find something like Francis Chan's basic series. Use that with your church. Once you get through it, have the people that were in your core group agree that you're going to ask two or three other people each to join with you as individuals. And then if there's six of you, when you're done, you then are going to form six new groups with people that you know and you're going to do it again with them. So that's the basic idea of reproducing and multiplying small groups in a church. You go through a resource, and then those that went through it agree that once they're done, they're going to each, as individuals, ask two or three people they know to join with them and do that same thing again. So keep it within the framework of your discipleship process and geared towards your target audience, whatever the resource is, in other words, just make sure it fits within your context. And number three, take it slow. I always think that if you believe something's going to take a week, it's going to take a month. If you think it's going to take a month, it'll probably take at least three. If you think it's going to take three months, it's going to take probably six. If you think it's going to take six months, it might take a year or two. Take things slow. Understand that other people's schedules don't line up with yours. Allow the Holy Spirit to work and stir the hearts of those that might be involved in this. Pray about names to ask that God will give you. So take it slow. God is still sovereign. God doesn't move at our pace, we move at His. That's actually pretty comforting, really, when you think about it. Because everything's going to happen in His time. So there really is no pressure for you to get started like today. God's got this. So take it slow. Number four, understand everyone is on their own journey, but you're also journeying together. There might be th some things that come up in Bible study where you're like, I can't believe you don't know this by now. I've been in Bible studies with people that have been in church for 40 years, and some simple things to me they've never heard. Some simple things to them I've never heard. So we're all on our own journey. We all have different experiences and the whole point of a Bible study is to bring those experiences together and allow God to use them that we can sharpen one another and grow and journey with one another. So everybody's on their own journey, but we need to journey together. Wesley called this personal and social holiness. Number five, keep consistent. Keep a consistent time and meet in a specific space unless you all agree that your space is going to change each week. So if you're meeting in a pub and you're going to just do uh, pub crawls every week and do your Bible study there and be invitational to the people around you, just make sure you meet consistently at the same time and communicate where you're going to be. 
Also, keep consistent the kind of study you are doing. So if you're going to do a study where you're just sitting down reading the Bible together, be consistent in doing that. Give it its time to work itself out. If that doesn't work, try something like a DVD study where there's a speaker and you watch the video and then you answer questions based on the video. If that doesn't work, then try something like a divorce care group where people that gather together that have the same issue going on in their lives can join together and support one another through that. The other thing to keep consistent with is that there's a definite start and a definite stop, both to the time, say 7 to 8.30 at night, and both to the number of weeks you'll be meeting. You're going to meet for eight weeks, start on week one, and on week eight. The other thing to keep consistent is accountability for growth. Make sure every week you're asking how everybody's doing with your study, how they're doing with the things that they've said they wanted to grow in. You're not being a hardliner saying you haven't done this so you can't be part of the group. Be encouraging. If somebody's not following up, say, maybe you need to do something else. That's okay. So keep consistent, though, week after week and asking and um, making sure that you are being an example of offering whether or not you've succeeded or failed and what you want them to hold you accountable for. Finally, number six, reproduce and multiply both inside and outside the church. So once you have some successful, for lack of a better word, uh, Bible studies or consistent Bible studies, and you finish one, uh, reproduce that very same thing inside the church for the people that are there, but then also outside the church. In your community, you know a lot of people. Ask them if they'd like to join you sometime in a cafe or restaurant once a week. This isn't rocket science. You just have to be invitational. And you might say you're not gifted for that. Well, I call BS. Because Jesus sent out 12 disciples and then 72. They probably didn't have the gifts either, so you don't have an excuse. So don't do it. So that's my soapbox. So six things are most people don't know how to read the Bible, but they want to know more. Just get started. Don't be afraid. Trust in the Holy Spirit. Number two. Find a great resource that fits your context, use it, and then reproduce its use among people in your church and outside of your church, which goes into number six, which is pretty much the same thing. Reproduce it, maybe even expand your target audience. Number three, take it slow. Number four, understand everyone is on their own journey and your due journey together. Number five, keep consistent with time and space the kind of study you're doing, definite start-stop, and accountability. And again, number six and number two go together in terms of reproducing and multiplying your small groups. Now, if you're a new pastor, use your knowledge from classes and training, but keep it simple so that a middle schooler would understand it and be able to repeat it back. Now, this doesn't mean your people are stupid, but in order to effectively communicate, don't use your $100,000 price tag vocabulary. Say things to people so that a middle schooler could understand it because your communication would be more effective. If you've been there a while in a church, chances are, if you're stuck, you simply need to go back to the drawing board again. However, what you have done 
what have you done that has equipped others to lead groups? If you're not equipping people to lead groups, perhaps that's the root problem. I would bet money, I'd bet money, we're not supposed to according to the Book of Discipline, but I would bet money that that hasn't been done. But if you've tried that, I would double down that you haven't really prayed for God's guidance. You've just gone through the motions of prayer and what you're supposed to do. Trust in the Holy Spirit this time. Those things that maybe you have been putting off because you think they're too difficult, do them. Those are the things that God is calling you to do. If you don't have a pastor, my first suggestion would be to use NT Wright's For Everyone series with their study supplements. For example, if you want to read Luke or Acts, he has a commentary called Luke for Everyone and Acts for Everyone, and he has a Bible study supplement. Just go through that. Also, find a good DVD study series. Doing these two things together will mean that meetings are facilitated. All you have to do is just ask the questions. So it's not a class where you're teaching. Anybody could lead these. Uh, rather than having to do study and research and you know, act like you're a professor of a seminary, you don't need to do that. The work's already been done for you. You just have to gather people and open in prayer and then go through the book. That's it. Anybody can do that, and that's exactly what you should be doing for Bible studies. Keep it simple, saints. So the bottom line is life application. If you're doing something where you're gaining knowledge but not experiencing transformation in yourself, others, or your church, then you should find something else to do, whether it be a different job, find a different profession or vocation if you're a pastor, or you simply need to stop beating your head against the wall, driving yourself insane, and start leaning into those things that you know in your gut God is calling you to do. So trust in Him. He will not leave you or forsake you. So fear not. Press on, my friends, my brothers, and my sisters, and do the work that God has called you to do, for He is with you.